welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm Jack Genoway. If you're listening to this on your morning commute, there's a good chance you probably have a cup of coffee next to you. Well, today we're shining a spotlight on a local business that is roasting coffee right here in Billings. My guest this week is Packy Tagliaferro with Arrow Coffee Roasters. Welcome to ChamberCast. Hey, thanks for having me. And my celebrity guest host this week is Isaac Hammer, the Billings Chamber's Business Development Manager. Hello, hello. So we'll start off with just the basics. Can you just please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what Arrow Coffee does? Yeah, my name is Packy Tagliaferro. Arrow Coffee, we originally started because basically I grew up in the development design world long ago. And half of my work I'd always spend basically at coffee shops working remote. And as most of you guys have probably been to tons of coffee shops, there's kind of like this air of snootiness, almost like I'd say even more prevalent in coffee than wine these days. So um, basically, I just didn't like how when I'd go to a coffee shop, they'd ask all these questions. And I basically I just wanted a good cup of coffee, right? Like I didn't know all the ins and outs and all this kind of stuff. I just wanted a good cup of coffee. I wanted a medium. That's it. Right. So we started Arrow Coffee basically to be very refined coffee for like a very good palate. But we try to make it as simple as possible for everybody. We're not again trying to make you feel like an idiot trying to order a cup of coffee, right? We have our zero one, zero two, zero three, zero four. It's light, medium, dark espresso. That's all you need to know. We do all the background for you guys. What you're gonna get is a good cup of coffee. Another thing that we do, which we're probably the only small batch roaster in the nation that does, is we will actually let you design your own label or have us design the label for only buying 10 bags of coffee. So let's really unpack that because that's what I'm absolutely intrigued by, right? Is I want to have a Christmas party or I want to give out presents to my fellow coffee connoisseurs like Jack and I want to put my brand on it. That's exactly what you do. I can have it rolled out to have exactly what I want it to say on the bag of coffee and you'll load it up for me. Exactly. All you have to do is go online. um, You go to our custom bag page pick out the roast um, texture if you want ground um, whole bean or now we even do K cups where you can do them and then you can either upload your own design or you can kind of just give us some basics of what you're looking for and we'll design the label for you print it ship it it's out the door and you only have to do 10 bags I think that's such a unique touch for not only the personal side of coffee but you know, you look at your real estate agents and so many other individuals that yeah, want to have that's one of our big ones is real estate agents for like closing gifts. Yeah, that I mean, that's absolutely incredible. I mean, and it keeps them coming back for more. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to that. Like I, said, I don't want to label a lot of coffee shops or roasters as pretentious, but it goes back to that thing where most people probably went stick someone else's litter. Like we'll put someone's face on a bag of coffee if you really want it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually done one for like one guy's um, 4th of July party. It was him and a Speedo. And we put on a bag of coffee. We're like, hey, if you want good coffee and you want to have your friends look at you and a Speedo while doing it, we're not going to judge you. That's the best way to wake <laughs> up in the morning, I guess. So, so yeah. So is the idea that uh, Arrow Coffee is kind of the gateway drug for people who are like moving from from Folgers to actually wanting good coffee? Is right. Kind of. Yeah. Because they're just like, I don't know. It's like, I don't think there should be this level between like, OK, you're either Folgers or you're like a coffee snob. Why can't you be in the middle? 
and still get good coffee, which there's not really anyone in that space right now. It's either you have to be over here or over there. Yeah, there's a big divide there because yeah. I've, I've been called a coffee snob, but I, I, buy my, <laughs> I buy my coffee at the grocery store. It's not like I, it's like super fancy or anything like that. It's just like I pay attention to how I brew it. Well, That's, I brought you guys a bag. You can taste it. I mean, it, okay. it literally will pass all the coffee snob tests. We just don't have this air of snobbiness like on our packaging. We're not going to like oversell you on all these like grand adventures we took to go get the coffee beans and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's good coffee. It's not from the mountains of Appalachia. <laughs> it's all from good places, but it's just, I don't know. We just wanted to make it simple for people that didn't know everything about coffee to still be able to get a good cup of coffee. Oh, absolutely. And that, and you know, that's something I even wanted to talk about and what kind of really had me wanting to be a part of this podcast is I'm one of those guys that call coffee, hot dirt water. You know? like <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Jack and other individuals tell me that you just haven't had the right cup, Yeah, which I'm sure you're right. Right. But the hard part for me is do we, do we foresee an arrow coffee house where I can go and get educated or I can just get a good cup of coffee? Because it's a, uh, it's hard having those conversations when you go into a coffee shop and well, what do you want off the menu? Oh, yeah, you get well, overwhelmed right know. away. And then <laughs> yeah. people start feeling the questions. You start feeling dumb. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, in our new in our new building, we're gonna actually have a front of house. It's gonna be a very simple menu that um, will also do education for people that want to learn more about coffee. For anyone that's interested in actually roasting coffee, okay. we'll teach people how to do that too. Um, we'll have education on how uh, for baristas and stuff like that. We kind of want to make it like an education center here because where I grew up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. There's a little town called Sandpoint, just a little bit of north of Cordline. And that's actually where Diedrich Roasters, which is like, they're probably number three in actual building the roasters that roast coffee in the world. And they have a big education center, and that's where I got taught how to do coffee. But um, I kind of want to bring that mentality of education over here, too. So you guys roast in-house then? Yep. Okay, Perfect. And so I, I walk me through that process, right? Because it's just confusing for somebody that's uneducated like myself. I mean, what goes into that kind of work? Is it 3 a.m. like a baker, you're in there roasting coffee beans and then ground it up? Or I mean, walk me through that process a little bit. No, I mean, right now it, it's basically just forecasting. Um, we do a lot of our main model is um, wholesale and direct to customer via online. So we're in a few stores, uh, we're in Idaho. Then we have some stores. We just opened up, uh, the Reynolds grocery store chain in Eastern Montana. We're now in, um, but basically it's this on demand. We can kind of figure out how much we need for that week. And then we just set a day where we want to roast it or if things are, you know, progressing. We can roast multiple times a day. But, um, the funny thing about roasting, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand is you can do like a hundred pounds in 10, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Because it just depends on how big your roaster is really. But the actual roasting process of coffee for like something like that, that you're just smelling is probably like 10 or 11 minutes for the batch. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds incredible. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, when you go to those big roasters, I mean, they have giant roasters, right? And they're doing millions of pounds a year. And it's, um, they're just constantly roasting, but like for us, we can do it a few times a week and keep up. Of course. 
So, so thank for not like a baker. We have to get up at 3 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, oh, we'll let it at 10 a.m. and turn it on for 12 minutes. Yeah. Like this. And how big of a deal is is freshness? Like after you roast it, what's the shelf life of that bean? Uh, so technically you could probably have roasted coffee for like six months is like the max amount where you want to go. A lot of people always think like fresh off the road, like that's super fresh and that's kind of inaccurate. You probably want like three days from roasted three to like seven days is like the optimal time. And then after that, you kind of lose a little bit of taste, but not, I would say not too much where most people can like tell the difference. But six months is probably like your max. Like we don't try to sell. If you have any kind of coffee overhead, that's like three months. We usually end up donating it okay. to someone that just needs coffee, like firefighters co- or police, anyone like that. We'll just bag it all up in our community bags and just give it away. Okay. So you were t- talking earlier about how there's like all of this stuff built up around, you know, coffee culture. And yeah. I think that, that makes the whole coffee industry feel kind of opaque to a lot of people. So, so give us a little bit of an insider's perspective of, of how a coffee business actually works. Like where do you get your beans from? Uh, you walk us through the whole process from the very beginning to point of sale. So usually um, I would say this about most small batch roasters. You have an importer that you work with. So we actually have a coffee buyer who works with us, but um, they're the ones that kind of help us source the beans and stuff like that. But we always get them from the same importer. And basically what you do is you work with an importer. You can kind of like from that importer, you can select the grade of green coffee you want because it can go from like, I don't know, like $1.50 a pound to $3 a pound, depending on like the quality of green coffee you get. And that also always fluctuates because it's on a C market where it's a traded commodity. Um, but once you kind of like figure out this is the grade of green coffee I want, there's also extra things you can add onto that if you want to have it directly from one farm or source from multiple farms in the same area. And then basically once you kind of have all that stuff figured out, then you start importing your green from the, the actual importer. They ship them to us. And then we just get all of the green that we want. And then roast package shipped to you guys. Delicious hot coffee <laughs> waiting at the door. Yeah. <laughs> I always think it's funny about the importing process because you always, I think people have a lot of, of the coffee business in mind where it's like, oh, this guy went to this farm in Colombia and he found uh, this one farm and he took it from there and brought it back. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work that way unless you're Starbucks, right? Like you would have to then find someone to take it from the farm to the freighting area and then package it up and put it on a freight ship and then get to customs in the United States and then go through that and then get it all the way over to Billings. So that's where importers are a big key component to how our businesses run. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, if you're ever looking for a guy to go find coffee beans in Colombia, give me a call. Hey, so. I'll take you on that. We can still do trips down there and look at the farms that we work with. That's cool. I'll bring you. No, that's, well, I'm going to hold you to it because yeah. it'll be a lot of fun. I might like coffee. If I know, I'm going to pick the one bean and I'm going to have to bring it back and roast it for me. Yeah, we can, uh, we can do that. <laughs> Perfect. No, that's incredible. Um, so, you know, from an outsider's perspective, right, is... You, you have those coffee snobs. You have somebody getting introduced to coffee. What kind of being an Eero coffee 
do you offer in the aspect or the tales of how to get somebody like me started into the coffee scene? Is it, I need to buy a pour over style coffee? I mean, mean, where does one like me get involved and how do I get started with the enjoyment of coffee? I mean, honestly, drip. I still love drip. (laughs) I mean, just a good old fashioned pot of coffee is still good. Okay. I mean, there's all these, I mean, yes, there's like pour overs and there are all these different methods of brewing coffee and they're all amazing. It just depends on, I never suggest someone to like start doing pour over coffee if they don't really have the time to do it because you're just not going to do it right. It's like anything else. If you have five minutes and you're comfortable with doing drip coffee, I mean, ours tastes amazing in drip. I'm not going to say that you're a worse coffee drinker because you use drip. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what are your what are your long term goals for Aero Coffee? Uh, in Montana right now, we just we're trying to get as many. um Uh, grocery stores as we can in Montana. Um, The next thing we're working on, which there's not really in Montana that does this, but we're, we have our cold brew. That's actually, I mean, it's an amazing cold brew and we're talking to some companies about getting it canned to do ready to drinks. So basically like the little like eight ounce cans you see in gas stations. Okay. So we're going to start putting them in gas stations for ready to drink Montana made cold brew. I love cold brew. I will, I'll be your first customer. Oh if you man, ours is good there. too. There's a bunch of spices, kind of like a cinnamon nutmeg kind of taste. You Ooh. pour it over a little water. Or I use cream. Oh, that sounds amazing. For or anybody. white Russian. I mean, we've done with white wow. Russians, a little spike of our cold brew. Oh, best way to start the morning right there. So for yeah. everybody listening <laughs> to the podcast, you should see the drool coming out of Jack's mouth right now because of what he just said. So no, that's really unique. So I, I, when Jack had told me that I'm going to be doing this podcast with you, I had one question. Because, of course, when you became a new member with the Chamber, I went through your website and I was looking at everything. Tell me about baby Quinn, because he is by <laughs> far the cutest mascot I think I've ever seen. Oh, my seen. God. Quinn is my man. That's awesome. He's our little boy. He just turned two. He's got just a heart of gold. He is smiles he all the time. He's got just the thickest glasses you could ever see. Like the old Coke bottle lens glasses. Okay. I don't know. There's, I could spend a half an hour talking about that little guy. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I noticed that it was, he, he's the cutest mascot. I think a website. Could oh, yeah. ever he's have like on my email signatures yes. on everything. No, it's super cool. <laughs> we will, we will link to the arrow coffee website in the show notes and everybody should go to the website to at least get a look at this picture. Yeah. Really I'm your family owned company. Like my wife, um, she's in the beer industry and she works like, um, they own like some Budweiser distributors. So, she helps us with the distribution of the coffee. Like it's a full family process. Sawyer drops off bags to our neighbors, my other son. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like it's family deal. So we talked a little bit about the, about the new building already. We, I got to, I got to look at it uh, for a little while back cause we did a crime prevention uh, evaluation for it. And it's a really, really cool building. Yeah. Like what, awesome. what did you say the the use of it was before you bought it? So before we bought it, it was, um, I think it was kind of like a thrift area. I'm not sure. But um, prior to that, what most people probably originally know it is, it was Pelican Oil, which was, um, I don't know, like the Pelicans in town, like they yeah. had Pelican Oil. And that was where they um, pretty much like stored all their oil and gas and all that kind of stuff. And they have the tanks right behind there. Um, and before. For that, I, if I'm right, it used to be a bomb shelter too for Billings. Cause you were in there. It's yeah. like, 
I mean, all the walls are like 12 inch concrete. (laughs) There's big concrete pillars, all ironclad doors. I mean, that thing's not moving. Okay. Secured. Yeah. You got to keep the family recipe secured. Right. (laughs) Yeah. What do you, when it's a brick building, you can't just say it's built like a brick house. Because it literally (laughs) is. I don't know how to to describe how sturdy this thing is, but it is a really cool place. So how are the renovations going? Good. So we were working with um, Studio Four Architects, um, and we just got the renderings kind of done on Tuesday. So we have a good plan about um, the final concept, and we're probably going to start construction here in the next month. Um, it's going to be really cool. We're going to have our roasting area, which we're going to have like all kind of glass around it, so people can like watch the actual roasting process and see how it all works. In front of that, you're going to have the um, kind of like tasting room, small front of house where you could buy some coffee and that's where the education will be. Then next to that, we're hoping to get a brewery, the other main space. So we could have, you know, the morning and night situation going on there. And then we also have seven or 8,000 square feet above us that we're going to put offices. Ideally there's a nice basement. You saw that one. Yeah. I would love if anyone's listening out there, (laughs) I would love a speakeasy to go down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's pretty cool. Got to put a bowling alley in the basement. Oh, that'd be no. great. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, well, I was talking to a putt-putt golf place out of Dallas. Okay. I was like, they have like these cool new putt-putt golf sets. Like, It's more centered around like you can have a beer and go around and do like all these kind of fun interactive um, just putting golf. But it's just, I don't know, take like what you used to do as a kid, but on steroids for adults plus beer. Absolutely. <laughs> well, bad thing for the people that are going to have the office spaces above you is it probably will never get work done between, right? having, <laughs> between having a brewery and a golf course in the basement. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. Um, so we talked a little bit about having that education piece and everything like that. Going through your website, you know, it says that you previously designed for some rather major people, right? Between Mountain Dew and Walt Disney Pictures. Were, were you on the graphic design side of things or was it? No. So I, I've had a lot of changes in my career in life. Right. So, um, I was a designer, I was a programmer, uh, a lot, a lot of the stuff I did for like Mountain Dew, um, was in terms of designing basically like entertainment pages. Okay. Like they'd be like one-off games and kind of stuff they do for uh, promos and stuff like that. Um, for the golf section, I worked for Henry Griffiths, which was a big um, custom club company, which I would design all the aesthetics of a golf club. And then they got bought out by About Golf, which is a golf simulator company that works specifically with the PGA. And I would do a lot of their graphics and presentations and stuff like that. So do you golf? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Absolutely. I love golf. <laughs> Good at golf? I don't know. Love it? Yes. Isaac is a golfing machine. <laughs> Frequently. Well, let's go. Yes. Anytime you want to go, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things happening here in town, and it's amazing to see that you're going and following your dreams, right, and building a family and doing exactly what you're doing, but on the eBird side of town. You know, you, you look at the eBird, and it's very industrial, and for you to bring something like that to the Billings community and down on the eBird side is uh, inspirational rather than anything. I mean, I think inspirational is the best word to say, but why the eBird or was it just great location or is it, do you see something truly no, I, amazing down there? I mean, I fell in love with that area right away. Um, 
I've always been those guys. Like we originally looked around here about moving um, Arrow Coffee here. Everyone was like, you got to be on the West End, like the West End, the West End, the West End. And I went to the West End. I was like, I don't want to be in the West End. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the West End. I'm just, I love breathing life into an area that has so much potential. It just needs someone to like kind of help kickstart it, right? And hopefully, I think we're going to be one of the first buildings kind of like remodeled and done in that area. That will help like get people to see like the beauty of that area. I mean, why go build a brand new facility when you have all this potential down here that's just waiting for some love? You're like the catalyst to growth, and you're going to see some really cool other businesses potentially. I hope, yeah. I mean, there's just so many cool spots around down there. Well, and yeah, we talked about that during the crime prevention evaluation a little bit. It's like you you need people in the area to make an area as safe. You know, you're never going to be able to just totally police your way out of a problem. You have to have that kind of human presence to to prevent yeah, know, bad exactly. stuff from going on. And you're going to be the, the leader there, you know, bringing a, a retail presence to an otherwise industrial area. And that's going to provide a lot of additional safety to the area and just... Yeah, I think it will kick off something really cool in that area. And there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in the eBird. Zach Terakitis just is doing a great job with all that stuff over there. Link yeah. in the show notes to the podcast that we did with him a little while back. <laughs> yeah, I love Zach. He's yeah. That was one of the first people we met when we went down there. It was like, you gotta find me a spot down here, man. Like <laughs> I wanna be down here. <laughs> and we ended up getting the one spot that he originally showed us and he's like, I don't know if this is ever gonna be on the market or how you would ever get this, but if you can get this building and a real estate agent, uh, Rika made it happen. So that's awesome. We ended up where we were supposed to end up. So I, I, I'd really like to get your, uh, your opinion on that whole crime prevention evaluation process for anybody who's, who's not familiar with that. And you know, if it, it, is there somebody that you would recommend that service to like a type of person who might be listening? I don't say anyone, man. I mean, it was, it was super beneficial for us. We actually started implementing um, a lot of the stuff that you recommended. Um, it's just gives you a good insight of what your area is, the building. Like there's a ton of information in there that I didn't even know existed. Right. Like talking to the police to make sure that they know if someone's trespassing, that instead of calling you, they can automatically just write that person up or, what kind of lights to use, like all this different stuff or asking the electric company, which we are doing to put more lights on the telephone poles. And it cost me like $20 a month. Like I would say everybody should do it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Just, yeah, it's just looking at the property with a different set of eyes. Yeah, oh yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we do this thing at the end of every episode called the Rorschach questions. So I'm going to throw out a question and we'll just ask for your first, uh, just like looking at an ink blot, what your first response <laughs> okay. is. All right. How do you take your coffee? Uh, black drip. All right. Simple enough. What is the funniest way anyone has ever mispronounced your name? First or last? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I get Mackie a lot. Um, Tag Lee Farrell, everyone butches that one. Uh, I don't know. There's too many to even say. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best family activity in Billings? Right now, I love going, uh, we just go to the pool. I mean, that sounds simple enough, but we came from like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. We're just around lakes all the time. So pool's a lot easier, man. I'd rather take kids to the pool than the lake right now. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to add one on here at the end. As we were talking before we started recording about this heat wave that we've just been experiencing. So what's the best way your family has found to beat the heat? Slip and slides. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Store Everyone bought, included. Store bought slip and store bought slip and sides, or oh, you yeah. make your own. Store bought. We don't have a long enough yard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Back then, Dave, think of Visqueen and some soap. You can get flying, but. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. I I learned a lot today hey, too. Thanks. Thank you guys. It was awesome. Thank you to Packy for joining us, and thank you to Isaac for guest hosting. If you would like to advertise with us, suggest a topic, or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. Please rate us on your preferred platform, and don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts, because there's something here for everyone.